Hey everyone, this is the Toronto Real Estate Show with Janelle and Leslie. I'm Janelle Cameron. Hi there, I'm Leslie Pearson. And today we're going to talk about buying property and what that means for you. Welcome to the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team. The podcast that helps make your real estate dreams a reality. The Janelle Cameron team is your expert source for all things real estate in the greater Toronto area. Whether you're considering a renovation to improve your return on investment, looking at homes for the very first time, or even considering becoming an agent yourself, we've got you covered. Hey everyone, how's it going? How I'm good. Doing, Leslie? <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> good. Thanks for asking. Yeah, how was your week? I don't remember. Was it busy? I, I, you know, tell me about what's happening in the real estate market. See anything, hear anything, feel anything different? I do have a f- different feeling. Um, I've spent a lot of time um, having conversations with people who uh, are thinking of buying and selling. And after a few weeks of kind of, I would say, the November blahs, for some reason, I can't figure it out, there seems to be a bit of a buzz, a bit of activity, or at least a bit of optimism. Um, I've seen that uh, there's been some kind of uh, change in the downtown condo market, whether temporary or short-term or anecdotal at um, at most, um, where there's been kind of a change in activity and a, a little bit of an uptick. Yeah, I have yeah. to say, I've experienced the same thing, and I, I feel a different energy, and it's mm-hmm. weird this time of year. Because yeah, I'm not normally, used to that on December 15th. No, yeah. and normally we feel, you know, the lull, but it's been, especially downtown, I've seen some condos this weekend downtown condos with people that are starting to move yeah there there were a couple that um uh my clients were interested in that went in multiple offers yeah and i haven't seen that in a couple of months Mm -hmm. um i don't know what to expect that has thrown me this week yeah the last two weeks maybe um but no um i feel good about it though i've got yeah i don't know about you but over the last few years i have i always have a, a feeling and it's it's funny, I, I'll try to explain this to my real estate coach. And, you know, it's like, I just sense something's either good or something is going to change, or sometimes I sense something bad, but I get a, a feeling, a sixth sense about things. And right now it feels really good. I have a I have a strong feeling It's we're going to head into a really strong, hot 2021. Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad to hear you have that sense. Uh, I don't, I kind of feed off what I hear from other, from buyers and sellers. Right. And that gives me that same confidence. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I have a sense because of how they're talking, even the language has changed. Yeah. Um, that gives me optimism. Now, what do you think? I, I don't know if it's maybe because people have been tired of hearing that the market is is slowing down or maybe they're starting to think, well, maybe I'll get a deal so we'll start shopping now. I don't know what it is, but there's definitely a... That's... That's the only thing I can think of is that it's been in the media so much um, how, the, in particular, the downtown condo market has been struggling that maybe people are thinking, oh, here's my chance. Could it be because this vaccine is coming? Yeah, that's, you know, I know. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting. I, I don't think in other years we see on December 15th a little bit of an uptick. Yeah. So it's unusual. Very. But it's good. Yeah. I, I don't. I'm going to get for our next conversation access to the Broker Bay showing stats. I'd love to see what those are for mm-hmm. the last two weeks. I bet I bet we we've seen a huge mm-hmm. uh, uptick, even even in some listings I have. You know, it's been much busier. Yeah, you know, sometimes in other years I've had um, 
several clients in the financial industry maybe and they just uh, at late November find out what their bonus kind of is going to be and I've had a little bit of wanting to spend bonus money I don't know if there's that going on I don't know yeah I don't know it's such a weird time Mm -hmm. it's such a weird time we we can only hope next year yeah we're only going through a pandemic for the first time so it's okay to say you don't know hopefully the last time (laughs) no kidding Um, okay well I thought you know we'd talked a little bit today about buying yeah. So there's yeah. a lot of people entering the market for the first time. What does that mean for them? Yeah. What this? What are the steps should they take? I can't speak today. What steps should they take? Um, and, you know, what they need to be thinking about. Because there, there is a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that, I don't know about you, but I find sometimes you get people who are caught up also in the media. And mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I'm now it seems like the time to buy. I'm going to go out and buy, and they're not really prepared. Yeah, right? I agree. Yep. So um, I thought we would want to talk about that a little bit today in depth. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's talk about the first thing I think we need to talk about when you are thinking about buying for the first time, you get pre-approved for a mortgage. Right. So you've got this idea, you want to stop renting, or you own already and you want to move up or move out. Um, you have to know what you're working with Yeah. in order to to proceed to be, to have an ex- effective search because yeah. otherwise you're just shooting no darts and wasting time yeah. and wasting everyone's y- you time. You need to know what you qualify for, how much money you qualify for mm-hmm. and any, you know, conditions or issues related to that at the outset mm-hmm. so you can go ahead. Now that's a process, right? Yeah. And so if you're one of those people right now that are thinking about buying and you're thinking about getting approved for a mortgage, get all your stuff together and I mean your taxes for the last couple of years and all of your debts and all of your banking information. You kind of got to gather all that stuff up and then you decide whether you want to go with a mortgage broker or a bank. Yeah. What's your view on that? You know, I I, I will say, you know, I've got a few mortgages and I've got both. Sometimes I go to the bank, sometimes I go to the broker. I do recommend to all my clients that they look at all options. Uh, because a mortgage broker obviously has access to all lenders and all different types of products. Right. So there's an economy of scale there. Yeah. Yeah. And networking. And, right. Mm-hmm. Whereas a bank, obviously, they have only their own product. They're selling what they're selling. They're yeah. selling what they're selling. Now, there are some benefits of using your own bank if you have all your money there and you've got investments. And if you have a long history with long one history. institution, yeah. it can do yeah. you a good favor. Yeah. But, I mean, my, th- my take on that is I think you need to shop around, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Certainly, we've got good recommendations for people, uh, but it's good, I think, to look at all your options and don't just pick the first thing that comes along. Right. Yeah. So that's the first step. When you've decided to buy a place, the first step is to, to look into your money. Yeah. And they're going to make you gather all that information we talked about, and they're going to tell you what you can afford. Mm-hmm. And a couple tips about that too people just just so we're clear if you're thinking about buying a home don't go buy a new car <laughs> don't do that. i know don't do that that's a bad i you didn't know, know that at the outset like uh, 10 yeah. years ago or something well yeah. you know i had this client a couple of years ago she bought a house and before she bought a house before it closed so she got pre-approved everything was good signed the paperwork for the mortgage we go to close on the house and about a week before I uh, find out they don't want to give her the money because not only had she bought a car, but she went into serious debt for a business loan mm-hmm. and never thought to tell those people yeah. that she was going to be buying yeah. a home and she could not close on the house. Yeah, I similarly had people who, um, the major breadwinner of the couple, um, uh, uh, switched jobs. Right. So I guess the um, 
the approach would be not to make any significant financial yes. changes. Yeah, especially if you're either in the process of getting pre-approved yes. or especially between the time you're pre-approved right. and the time you buy something and it closes. Right, so just status quo for now. Just status quo. The day it closes, the day after, go out and buy That's a car. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Which is so silly, then. but it's yeah. the way it is. It is the way it is. Well, mm-hmm. you know, cars are not cheap. You get a mortgage, though, and then you can be unemployed for the next five years and your your right. lender doesn't even know about it or care. It's no. bizarre, but it is the way it is. So status quo. Yeah. Between the time when you're thinking about it and yeah. when you close. Yeah. Now, we're not going to have a whole long conversation today about how you are approved, but I will say some of the things that they look at, just so you're aware, is they're going to look at things like your credit score. You know, they're going to look at things like what other debts you have. They're going to look at your income. And I think probably for all of you, your income is probably the most important thing I that, think so. that they're looking at right yes. now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so even if you are. You know, you have a lot of equity and a huge down payment. If you don't have any income, you're probably unlikely to get a mortgage. And that's the reality. Mm -hmm. So you have to really make sure and don't make assumptions because I get that a lot too. Like, oh, I'll be fine. Yeah, I know. I know we're going to we'll be approved for a million dollars. It'll be no problem. Then sure enough, you know, they're not for whatever reason, probably because they just bought a new car. (laughs) Um, But yeah, think about, um, you know, getting that in place. You've got to be really clear about that before you, you know, move forward. Right. And so the first thing you get is, you know, a pre-qualification, I guess. Yeah. Um, And that gives you some confidence to then connect with a real estate agent, choose a real estate agent, get started on it. But it's yeah. not that even that is not definitive. It is not definitive, um, but at least it's pretty good. Yeah, right. It's putting a stake in the ground and getting started. Yeah, and maybe we'll talk about that yeah. in a minute about conditions and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so you've got a pre-approval. Your bank or your lender tells you you can spend eight hundred thousand dollars. So next step, you find an agent. Yeah, I think that's uh, obviously I'm biased, but uh, yeah. I think that's a critical step. And uh, well, why wouldn't you? Well, I hear a lot of pushback to it, and the pushback I typically hear is that people uh, will voice an opinion that it's better to go with the listing agent. So they look on their own and then just go house by house and contact the listing agent to help them buy. And the thinking is they'll get a better deal. Right. And it's not true. Not true at all. Especially in a heated market, everybody, for most people... If the house or the condo is in multiple offers, the listing agent is not going to also represent the buying agent. Right. It's a conflict of interest. Right. Uh, and I and I generally will never do it no. unless there is, you know, a very odd situation where there's no multiple offers. Maybe the place has been on the market a while. And right. Everybody is comfortable with the situation. So you couldn't say there's a conflict. So you could not say there's a conflict, but I would say 95% of the time, it is a conflict. Mm-hmm. We have duties to represent our seller. So it's almost impossible now to represent also the buyer's interest when I'm trying to represent the seller's interest. Um, and there are many agents that don't feel that way, uh, but we do. And part mm-hmm. of our brokerage's mandate is to, you know, be very clear about that and mm-hmm. and not represent both buyer and seller, especially in a multiple offer situation. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Um, that's the only reason yeah. that I hear. Right. I can see, uh, I don't hear any other reason. The only other thing I hear sometimes is people think that it costs money to use a realtor and they don't realize it does not cost money to use a realtor to buy. 
Okay. Right? So, and just to be clear about that, everyone. Oh, so they're going to choose to go with nobody. But they're going to choose to go with nobody. So mm. I, I often, don't get that, but yeah, I yeah. can see why people misinformed think that. Right. It is interesting because if we sell a lower priced home, mm-hmm. you tend to get a lot of people coming in that don't have representation. Right. And uh, they've never even thought about having representation. And it's important, I think, for us to, you know, make sure people understand that having representation is in your best interest. You want someone to represent your interests. Yeah. So choose a realtor. It's free to you. Why would yeah. you do it? Yeah. That person has the inside scoop. They'll take you to the places that you should see. They'll right. you'll so, avoid So just to be clear, see. your buyer's real estate agent, called a cooperating brokerage or cooperating agent, um, is... Um, compensated through the proceeds of the sale of the house. That's right. Buyers do not have to pay for their real estate agent service. So people, please don't use that excuses and reason not to use one. Even buying pre-construction, so many people go to the sales office and uh, unrepresented by themselves and buy pre-construction condo. Well, those sales agents... I mean, no offense to them because that's their job. Their job is to sell those units. They're not. Their job is not to help you buy a condo. It's right. to sell that condo. Right. Uh, so even if you're thinking pre-construction, I highly recommend using a real estate agent. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Have someone represent your own interest, just like you would in any other situation. There's no difference here. Mm-hmm. And and really to go around from house to house to yeah. house to house at open houses or whatever it is that you do to try to see places. It's just, it's a waste of time. It's ineffective. You. Yeah. Have somebody else, a real estate agent, do that legwork for you. That's right. You know, uh, screen properties for you, do the research, often uncover properties that are available that you would not be able to find just exactly. as, me- as a member of the public. Um, so use those services in terms of finding uh, your next ideal home. But, uh, and even more importantly, probably work to your advantage in negotiating and actually getting that next great home. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now you've chosen an agent. Yeah. found someone, and that's uh, probably a topic for another day, how you choose someone. But let's say you've chosen someone. And next step would be, I would say, probably figure out whether you want a house or a condo. Yeah, so now you know what you want to buy, who you want to work with, you know, what you can afford to buy, who you want to work with. Now figure out what do you want to buy. Is that freehold? Is that a house? Is it a condo? Um, And that's also where an agent's going to help you because mm -hmm. we can determine for you what makes more sense based on your budget. Mm -hmm. So if you have $800,000 in this example, but you want to be in Toronto, you have to buy a condo. Right. It, so your budget is going to help inform your decision about what you buy and where you buy it. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, uh, you know, how we can help. And there are pros and cons, right? House versus a condo. Mm-hmm. Um, so many pros and cons. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, could, we could talk ad nauseum about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, a lot of it is, is, is really city versus suburbs, too. Yes, right? yep. Um, so let's say, for argument's sake, you're trying to choose whether you want to buy a condo, maybe downtown, or you want to buy a house, maybe in the suburbs, mm-hmm. for this $800,000 limit that you've been given. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do you suggest? How do you suggest people make that decision? Well, that's that's in t- 
entirely a personal choice and a lifestyle choice. There's no right or wrong. Um, I see my job as a real estate agent in that situation uh, to inform you about the possibilities, Mm -hmm. what your $800,000 will get you, where you want to be in a condo downtown, versus what it might get you in a couple of other neighborhoods if you wanted to think freehold. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I say I'm here as your resource to to tell you what the options are, but the decision of how you want the next stage of your life to be is yours. I I have I help people learn about neighborhoods, uh, drive drive around neighborhoods to get a feel for them, um, and then really just soul search about how they want to live. Mm-hmm. Um, and a they ha- they have to come up with that answer, don't you think? Do I you think. do more than that? I, I do. I think a lot of it's stage of life. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you know, are you young and you don't have kids, or are you planning to have kids? Right. And the big thing about having having kids is school districts, right? right? So that is, by the way, one of the things that really determines the real estate prices in Toronto is the school districts here. Mm-hmm. So that's an, a very important factor for people to really think about. Mm-hmm. If you're thinking about having kids down the road, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean you shouldn't choose a condo now. Mm-hmm. You just have to really kind of look at a timeline and yeah. say, okay, we're going to have kids in five to six years. Well, but we really like to be downtown. Well, that's okay, right? Yeah. Five or six years, you can even raise yeah, a Yeah, that's one of the factors when you're kind of analyzing your your life stage and your needs and wants is how long do you intend mm-hmm. or how long do you envision living that's in this right. next property. Yeah. And one of the interesting things I find is that people sometimes choose a home based on the fact that they think they're going to be there for a really long time. But mm-hmm. in reality... I yeah, I have that conversation. Yeah, years, I right? have that conversation with people that yeah. no decision is forever, yeah. or no decision has to be forever. No, no. I don't it's want my clients to want to turn around and sell in a year or so. No, but no decision has to be forever. Mm-hmm. So sometimes that way of thinking causes some sort of inertia and yes. it freaks people out and yeah. prevents them from making any move. And you know, I'm a firm believer that you know buying is always better than not and uh, I don't like to see that state of inertia based on you know a long-term fear yes Mm -hmm. and I think if you do buy in a year or two you've probably made a bunch of money anyway it's more of a pain traditionally yeah yeah you know you have to pay fees which sucks but really yeah you're living yeah and Mm -hmm. you probably made a whack of money yeah the way they're historically yeah. yeah unless anything changes we're looking at maybe a you know 10 to 15 percent return every year Mm -hmm. so yeah Mm -hmm. Maybe two years, three years is better, but mm-hmm. yeah, okay, good. So now some other things we want to consider, right? You've got to, you've made a decision whether you want a house or whether you want a condo. Um, let's talk about houses. What kind of things, if you're going to buy a home, what kind of things do we need to look at? One of the things is a home inspection. Right. So when you're buying a house, um, a home inspection is where you bring in an outside um expert resource to go through the house and and look at its um, viability, I guess. Do you need one? I encourage all my buyer clients to get a home inspection. And a decision not to do so, to proceed without one, is, um, is their choice um, against my recommendation. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes, and we, we can talk about this later, but sometimes the sellers will have done a home inspection when preparing their home for sale. Um, and uh, that does satisfy, uh, in most many cases, my uh, suggestion for a home inspection. So, so 
I guess what I'm saying is I recommend to my clients that a home inspection be done. Sometimes a pre-listing home inspection done by the sellers is adequate and appropriate. Sometimes one hasn't been done. And then in that situation, I recommend to my buyers that they get one done. Um, but then again, not always. You know, there are circumstances, you know, for example, I have um, builder clients and they don't care. So you wouldn't do one in that circumstance, right. or a brand new home. You a might brand not new care. home, you might, might yeah. not care if it's under warrant, that kind of thing. Well, how so, do you feel? Are you you're probably a little less um, home inspection strict about that than I am. Yeah, probably. Um, I mean, you know, I advise my clients to do them. Mm-hmm. Um, I've bought a lot of homes and I've never done one. Right. Um, you know, I think here's my view on it. You're going to buy a, a home. It's going to need work, right. whether it's tomorrow or today or two years from now, these things have to get done. So if somebody says to me, you need a new roof, it's either going to be now or it's going to be 10 years from now. Right. So I always kind of think this is all part of the process, right? If you're planning on buying a house, okay, not a condo, but a house, you have to understand there's a lot of upkeep. Yeah, the day the, the house is finished, there's something wrong with it, there's, for sure. There's, every yeah. single yeah. time I bought something, the day and I close or the within the first couple of days, there's, oh, sorry to tell you, you've got a flood in the basement or a leak in yeah. the roof. Or, and So a, many times I hear about the furnace breaking down furnace the day after the house closes. the stove doesn't yeah. work. These things may or may not have been picked up on a home inspection. They may or may not have been picked up, and even though I recommend a home inspection always, you know, any findings in it... Um, are just like you say, take with a grain of salt. Yeah. It's home ownership, and, um, and they don't have X-ray vision. No, right? can't they see can behind walls. Yeah, do. yeah. Um, so, and it's important to talk about this aspect of a home inspection because there's a couple of different options, right? If you decide that you want a home inspection, we have to look at what's happening with the actual property and the offer situation. Right. So let's say that it's just a basic old home, and it's gone on the market. For $7.99, you can afford it, and there's no offer date, and there's no multiple offers, and you really want a home inspection, what you're going to do is probably make an offer conditional on having a home inspection and feeling good about the results of that inspection. Right, so willing to proceed despite the findings of the home inspection, because there are going to be things in every home inspection. Every home inspection. So you put an offer in, the offer's accepted, but it's conditional on you approving the home inspection. So now you're going to have maybe five or six business days in order to get a home inspection done and decide whether or not you want to proceed with the property. Right, and your agent is going to be in a position to advise you whether you have the flexibility to put in that condition. Exactly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, in a heated market... Mm-hmm. Different situation. It's a totally different situation. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned before that sometimes sellers will do a what we call a pre-list home inspection so that as a buyer, I'm going into this with a home inspection in my hand already. I can see what's going on with the home. Then I can make a decision on whether I want to proceed in advance of maybe what we call an offer day. And so a lot of times, as all of you know, the market is so hot here in Toronto that a house is listed for $7.99, but they have an offer date. And on the offer date, which is probably a week in advance, there's going to be many offers coming in. And in order for you to be competitive, you won't probably have the opportunity to have a conditional offer. It's going to need to be a firm offer. And that's why the sellers do a home inspection so that I can take a look at that in advance and decide to put in a firm offer. Yes. Um, So in that kind of heated 
market where you have a coveted property, the seller is going to do whatever they can to drive as many firm offers as possible. Because to be clear, when you submit an offer to buy a place, your offer can either be firm, and that means it's a done deal, you have a binding contract in place, and you have bought yourself your next home, or your offer can be conditional. As Janelle says, that means it's the sale, the purchase of the property is conditional on some term that you've specified being met. And when you have bought a property conditionally, or when you have sold your house conditionally, you have not in fact sold your property. You have not in fact bought a property. It's conditional. Mm-hmm. Um, so I like to tell my clients, you're 90% there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You're so, almost there, but we can't pop the champagne yet. Right. We so if you think about another. it from a seller's perspective... Yeah. You know, if it's a hot market and they're getting more than one offer, how much more attractive are those firm offers than anything that comes in conditional? Right. Almost regardless of the the price. Enter the region of Durham, who has the hottest market, and I know I say this every week, has the hottest market, and nobody there is doing pre-list home inspections. Oh. And it's infuriating. So let's say I put my house on the market, I have an offer date, offers start coming in bully offers or whatever. We'll talk about that in a minute. And there's no home inspection. Now, what do you do? So my clients yesterday like a home. They're interested in putting in an offer, but there's no home inspection done. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden there's five offers. Mm-hmm. And they say to me, can I put a conditional offer in? And I say, not if you want it. No. Because right? the reality is if you have multiple offers coming in, you're not going to get to buy it with a conditional offer. So your options in that situation are either to buy without doing a home inspection or to go to the trouble and expense of doing one before your offer. Right. And how many times can the average person afford to do that? I mean, I had clients one time that did three. Yeah, it's right. tough. Yeah. And right now... At what, about $500 maybe each? At about $500 mm-hmm. a pop. And what's the, the biggest issue with that, I find, is that if people... And this drives me nuts. People set an offer date but they take preemptive offers anyway. Yeah. And so why go through this? Yeah. Uh, anyway, so then the people, the buyers don't even have an opportunity to get an inspection of their own before mm-hmm. the offer date because it's like the house went on the market yesterday, this one we're talking about, which was supposed to have an offer date of next week. And by last night, mm-hmm. there were five offers. So are we thinking that's because this experience of offer dates and uh, such a hot market is new to Durham. We, we don't really see that in Toronto. If no. there's a set offer date in Toronto, very commonly a pre-listing home inspection will have yes. been done. Yeah. So it's probably just a function of being a new experience in Durham, do you think? It could be. I have no idea. Or, yeah. I, I'm, I'm at a loss. It doesn't seem to be an effective way to manage a process. It's absolutely ridiculous mm-hmm. for everybody involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. for the seller, why would you put yourself at risk mm-hmm. in in you know, it's better to be transparent mm-hmm. and have the home inspection available because mm-hmm. I guarantee if somebody purchases the home, but there was no inspection done and they felt pressure to do it and they find out that, you know, the foundation is falling in on itself mm-hmm. or something like that, it's it could come back on the seller. It's from a liability standpoint, it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm, I agree. It's irresponsible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I do urge that. my uh, buyers, I recommend them to consider doing one in most circumstances, but we have lengthy conversations about um, the fact that there will be findings in that home inspection and not to freak out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the moment yeah. a house is completed, there are things that need to be done. That's and, right. And to expect some measure of findings of remediation that needs to be done. And exactly. that's very normal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, the other option, I think, for people is that 
the obvious one. They just take a chance, right? Yeah. So you don't yeah. have the, the chance or the time to do yep. one. You just... Mm-hmm. You just wing it, mm-hmm. or maybe at your, you know, maybe you can get a showing. And if you think this might happen, you won't have time to do a home inspection. Maybe when you go for the showing with your agent, maybe you can bring along someone who seems to know about these things mm-hmm. to help you at least make those mm-hmm. decisions. Right. Mm-hmm. So every situation is unique, yeah. um, but talk to your agent about the best approach. Yeah. So we talked a little bit about conditions so far. A home inspection condition, that's one of them. Financing conditions, another big one. Right. right? So let's say you've been pre-approved and... I guarantee you right now, the bank or your lender is going to say to you, now, Leslie, you've been pre-approved for your 800000 but we really think it's important that you put a financing condition in your offer. Yeah, I'm hearing that all the time now. Right. Yeah. So uh, we're here to tell you that, that in an ideal world, that sounds lovely. <laughs> but in multiple offers, here we go again, right? If you have five or six offers on a property and they're all firm and you have a financing condition, I'm sorry, people, the reality is you're not going to get it. And I'm not suggesting you waive that financing condition by any stretch. But what I am telling you is that if you are in multiple offers and you have a financing condition, you're probably not going to win. Right. So that might rule out some properties for some people. Yes, it'll rule out most of Durham <laughs> right yeah. now. Absolutely. Um, and a lot of a lot of Toronto properties. I mean, since for as long as you and I have been in the game, multiple offers yeah. have been a thing and they and our offers have been going in firm. So what I'm hearing the bank say is yes, you're pre approved for this. When you find the house you want to buy Contest us, put in a finance condition and, co- and give us right. a c- couple of days and contest right. us again. Right. So if your bank has told you that, what do you do? It's a really tough conversation. Um, you know, I, I myself have a lender that I've worked with that I feel comfortable enough to say, listen, Steve, we all know that's not going to happen. I'm mm-hmm. not putting in a financing condition. Mm-hmm. I'm in competition with four other people. Mm-hmm. So you tell me whether or not you think I'm going to be able to get this place. What are the, what's the likelihood? So do you as Janelle, as the real estate agent, talk to their lender? No, but I'm or, seeing as the buyer. Right. And, you know, he will say to me, yeah, it's, I don't anticipate this being a problem. Right. You know, you can go ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is always a bit of a concern. So you have to, as the buyer, be comfortable with that. Mm-hmm. And where we get into trouble for the most part is on appraisal. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, I don't see this so much anymore, but back in the day, maybe, you know, a house is listed for seven ninety nine. You've got 800000 So you can say, well, I'm going to put in an offer for eight twenty. But really... It sells for nine sixty. Yeah, and so the person that paid nine sixty now just paid sixty thousand more than the house down the street sold for last week. And so the appraiser comes along and says, "This is worth nine hundred, not nine sixty. Now the buyer is responsible for coming up for that extra sixty thousand yeah. dollars. Yeah, I don't see that as much now. And you know, one of my things is I'll say to my buyers all the time, "I'm not going to let you overpay for something. I'm not going to let you pay." A price that won't appraise. Right. 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 But you have to be very careful about that. I, you know, even as a listing agent, on occasion I've been called by the bank to say, the person that purchased your property just paid $100,000 more than something else. Can you tell me why? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Other than there were, you know, 14. 13 offers. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm-hmm. So, um, you, so know, you have to go into it. Clearly, it's an emotional decision, and house buying is an emotional purchase, but you have to use the other side of your brain as well and realize 
that if you get swept up in the multiple offer situation, there, there could be some risk on appraisal. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the first thing. The second thing is that if you really, really, really want the property and you know you won't get it with a financing condition, you need to make a decision. Yeah. A hard decision about whether or not you can take a chance, and it is a chance. Yes. It is. So if you take a chance and uh, submit a firm offer without that finance condition, and then your financing falls through. Yeah. But all these, so all that to say that I don't even know what percentage, but most people buying properties right now do not have financing conditions yep. in there, and they're all, all okay. Yeah. So what are That's they true. doing, mm-hmm. right? That, That's that, true. Because the listener may be hopefully listening to this right now thinking, oh, God, that sounds too risky to me. I don't know what to do. How are these other people winning mm-hmm. properties without financing conditions? Maybe they're they're buying things underneath what they've been approved for. Yeah, I think that's part of it. Yeah, or maybe mm-hmm. they're just really, really confident that things are going to be okay. And that's usually where a good lender has given them, yes, you should have a financing condition, but we understand the realities of the Toronto real estate market. Yeah, that's yeah. a very common response. Very, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. So uh, that's another condition that we have to talk about. The third one, big one, is about status certificate. Now, status certificate conditions go in when we have condos. Condos, obviously, for those of you that may or may not be familiar with how condo boards work, everybody pays maintenance fees. Mm-hmm. Those maintenance fees go into uh, the reserve fund, and the status certificate gives all the financials. It's kind of like a financial snapshot, a snapshot of the financial health yeah. of the condominium corporation really at the time snapshot. you're at the time you're buying. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, but and it's not about, only finances. It's your unit too. Yeah, right? mm-hmm, so exactly. If there's any liens or encumbrances on that particular unit that will be in that status certificate, but also talks about you know what the condo has been doing with the money what they plan to do with the money, if there's any big projects coming up. I mean, there's sometimes in in a condo, there might be something like, oh, the underground parking has a problem. We have to redo the right. underground parking. It's going to cost $2 million. And that would be in the status. And deplete the status. But it's, it's the things in addition to financial as well. It's whether you can have pets That's or right. barbecues. Yeah. Or, or Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so, so all of that's in there. Yeah. So condos, because they have condominium corporations have status reports as opposed to houses. Yeah. And, and, and there's a lot of rules that come along yeah. with condos. So all of that, again, outlined in the status certificate. Right. Now, when you have the status certificate in your hands, that's reviewed by your lawyer because a lot of it is just too detailed for most of us. Uh, you know, the lawyer will review the status, give you the okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so again, just like home inspections in a, a house, uh, with status certificate situation, often the owner, the seller of the condo, will go ahead and uh, order the status certificate when they're putting the condo on the market for sale. That's right. So often it will be readily available to you. Uh, one thing I note is that lawyers lawyers really want it to be as current as possible. So right. if your the condo you're interested in has the status, but it's you know a couple months old you're going to still want a fresh one. That's mm-hmm. what I find, Janelle. Same. Yeah. So but so sometimes it's available, sometimes it's not, and you would make your offer conditional on getting that. Yes. And then by law, you have to give the um, corporation through the property management 10 business days to get it to That's you. That's right. It often doesn't take 10 business days, but you have to allow for that. <laughs> Depends on the building. Yeah. <laughs> and then a couple days to for your real estate agent to get it to your lawyer for them to look through it, mm-hmm. to, to talk with you about what key issues 
you know, are top of mind for you, if there are any, and to get back to you as a buyer with um, his legal uh, reaction to the status certificate. And then from there on, you waive the condition or I, you don't, don't often hear yeah. about not waiving status conditions, but it can yeah. happen. Yeah, at time. Yeah. yeah. But again, I would urge my, all my condo buyers to have a status condition. You're going to need the status certificate regardless. So yeah. if you're getting financing, you need the status. So whether you get that in advance or whether you get that of an offer or whether you get that during the offer process or before you close. Mm-hmm. Uh, because condos are, go through the same experience as homes in terms of having multiple offers. Mm-hmm. And if you have a status certificate condition, you know, you're not as likely to win that offer. Now, more so than a home inspection or financing condition. Right. But uh, nonetheless, it comes down to whether or not you want to take a chance again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And sometimes, you know, as an agent, I'll look at um, maybe the frequency of sales in that building yes. recently as yeah. an indicator of, yeah. you know, the financial trustworthiness of the condominium corporation. Yeah, because um, of the last you know, yeah. six sales have all gone through in the last couple of months. Then we you have a reasonable degree of confidence. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. status, that, that'll cost about $100. It's usually paid for by the seller. Not always, but usually. And um, 10 days, as you mentioned, for them to get the status to you. Um, a lot of, and this is a scam and a half, but a lot of these uh, condo corporations now will say, for $100, you get your status in 10 days. But if you give me $200, I'll get it to you in four days, mm-hmm. and uh, which is terrible. Well, and you know what? In my experience, if you just go with the $100 10-day delivery, you still get it in a few days. Oh, I mean, it I've is, had a couple uh, lately that have been yeah. like the 11th hour on the oh. 10th day. Oh, like so they're doing that. o'clock in the afternoon. So they're doing that to drive the $200. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like everything else. There's, there's good condo corporations and bad condo corporations. All of that will be outlined in the status. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's just something that you want to think about because it's important to see mm-hmm. that. You're going to have to see that. I think mm-hmm. that's even more important than a home inspection, yeah. in my opinion. Right. Is because it's what they're doing with my money. Right. Right. So finding in a house I can fix. Yeah. I cannot fix a condo. That's true. That's a yeah. good way of looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. So finance condition is for both uh, houses and condos. Uh Home inspection is primarily for houses. Status condition is only for condos. You know what I'm seeing lately is a couple of buyers are asking about home inspection conditions for condos. Yeah. Which is a new trend. Yeah. And um, not necessary. Not necessary. You know, the home inspection of a condo is going to be so limited because it's restricted to what you own. What you own. Anything anything inside the condo. So that's like. Inspect your stove and fridge. Right. And does the toilet flush with the. You know, it's. So there's very little that they can look at. inspection guys for the most part is really they're looking at things like your roof your foundation your windows all that kind of stuff but if you have a condo all of that belongs to the condo not to you so to have to pay four or five hundred dollars to have an inspector come in and maybe you own your furnace but it's still not worth having an inspection no. for the most part. Yeah, so that's the conversation. I We're on the yeah, same page there. Same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, good. So now we're going to make an offer. We've we've figured out, you know, all these details. We've got our ducks in a row. We've either got our hands on a on the status certificate or the home inspection report. We feel comfortable with our financing. We make an offer. The offer's accepted and let's say our conditions are waived. Now what happens? 
Well, you have bought yourself a home, that's a condo. Right. Congratulations. That and is a firm. A that's a binding contract. Don't make any major financial that's or right. employment changes. Yes. Or or dare I say marital changes. Yes. <laughs> Hold off everything too. until yeah. it closes. No divorces until yeah. after yeah. the home closes. Um, so then we've got some fees so we have to worry about, right? If you're a first-time home buyer, uh, you have less fees. If right. you're a second-time home buyer, you've got land transfer tax that you have to worry about. And in Toronto, there are two land transfer taxes mm-hmm. to consider. Yeah. So let me give you an example. So our, our $800,000 shopper, uh, they're going to pay $12,475 for provincial land transfer tax and the same amount, $12,475 for Toronto right. land transfer tax. So that money, all that land transfer tax money is given on closing. Yeah. So you need to have that as cash. And here's something important. If you have been approved for $800,000, you cannot now borrow money to pay the land transfer tax. You need to have that money in pocket for when you close. You can't borrow it on top. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. And by the way, speaking of that, you can't also borrow your down payment. I get that question asked a lot. They, you know, someone says, well, I have enough income and I can, I can put 20000 down, but I need to borrow it. Well, then you don't have the down payment. Mm-hmm. Down payment needs to be mm-hmm. cash in hand, so mm-hmm. does the land transfer tax. I mean, you can you can have it uh, like uh, as a gift from family. Yep. that's still having it. You have to, the that's point right. is you have to have you access have to, have to the it. funds. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Now you also pay uh, legal fees. Yeah, yeah, which are relatively inexpensive on yeah. a, on a purchase or a sale. Mm-hmm. You know, probably about eight hundred dollars each. Something like that. Yeah, maybe I finding a little bit more than that, but not much, not yeah. grossly. Yeah, and they all charge about the same. They all charge about the same. Mm-hmm. And then you have obviously your moving costs, mm-hmm. but that's really it. Your your big your big one as a buyer is land transfer tax, unless you're a first time buyer. Right. Then you are exempt. Right. Yeah, and mm-hmm. rebated. Right. Um, so that's pretty much it. The only other thing I thought we should touch on a little bit is about what to do in a multiple offer situation. What's your advice to your clients when they're in multiple offers? Well, first of all, um, when you are submitting an offer, you have to notify your intent to submit to the seller and listing agent by registering your offer. And um, many agents leave registration to the last minute. It's a strategy, but I don't. Mm -hmm. I say, let's register right away as soon as you are confirmed and have uh, an offer in writing. Right. Um, Then I say, kind of what we do is dependent on what happens. Mm -hmm. There can be an offer date and we can be the only offer there is. Mm That's a different situation than the, whether there are five or whether there are 15. Mm-hmm. So um, uh, we have to consider that in our approach to not only what we offer, but when we do. Do we want to go in ahead of offer date or do we wait? Mm-hmm. I, it's all, uh, in terms of how to answer that question, it's all situational dependent, I, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think the number one for me is when I have, and this is my own take, when I have buyers that are interested in a multiple offer, in a house that's going to sell yep. multiple offers, I do not recommend what we call a bully offer. We touched on that earlier. 
Yeah. Bully offers when offers, you know, are next Tuesday at 7, but all of a sudden someone puts in a bully offer, technically called a preemptive offer, and it it's in order to try to expedite the process. In my experience, all it does is move the offer date up. It doesn't change anything. Right. And in my experience, the more often win. than not, the bullier doesn't win. Exactly. I hate that bully word because it's not bullying. No. I don't find it bullying, but no. I agree. Yeah. Um, all it does is move up what will eventually happen on that Tuesday. That's right. And often the person initiating the process does not exactly. end up successful. Because from my perspective, and I, and I tell this to my buyers all the time, if you are the ones to do the preemptive offer, everybody knows how much you want it, and they're going to come up with even more money than right. they may have come up with. Well, and to even consider doing something preemptively, you have to offer more than you would have. That's right. Right. And so everybody else follows suit. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we see that a lot. And again, on the listing itself, it will likely say seller is willing to look at preemptive offers or, you know, no preemptive offers. Yes. You have to wait till the offer day. And so, again, I find it extremely irritating to not be able to even get into a place before. If you're if you're going to set an offer date, I don't know why so many people, especially if it's been a busy listing. I can understand if it hasn't been busy. Um, and maybe you're starting to feel panicked. I but think that's the, the only reason. Yeah. but for, I have, have someone here. I've got to act. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think, it's, I think it's a huge mistake for the seller to do that. I think it's a, a bad advice from the seller's agent. Mm -hmm. Most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time. Yeah. I think unless you have unlimited funds and you don't care what you're spending for the place, I would not recommend yeah. doing that. Exactly. But I do always tell my buyers, if there's a set offer date, that the only way to be kept in the loop, to be kept advised about whether that's going to happen or not, is to book an appointment to see the property. Exactly. Um, so you, right can't, you can't delay that. Yeah. So I would do that right away, and then the yeah. listing agent is then obliged to inform me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but let's say, you know, there is no bully offer. They won't look at preemptive offers at all. They have to wait till the offer date. Offer date comes. Now we have to determine a price. You know, you really have to fall back on statistics as much as you can. Exactly. There's no formula how much over you need to go. But you need an agent who understands what that looks like. If you are losing people, if you are losing in multiple offers regularly, you need to figure out whether you need to, what you need to do. <laughs> uh, yes, Janelle. Yeah. <laughs> I did want to say you need to get another agent, but you yeah. need to figure out why you're losing and how to make sure that doesn't happen. Yeah. Because you shouldn't be. Yeah, exactly. It should maybe happen once. It should, it should all be based on numbers. Now, often you see it just takes one person who is so emotional, caught up in it, has been looking forever and lost out so many times, right. that sweeps aside all right. that common sense and all right. those stats. And that right. does happen yeah. frequently, but you, you need to have wise counsel That's to right. tell you where it, you know, what it should be. And you need, please listen to your counsel because <laughs> if your counsel is telling you that you need to pay X and you say, well, let's just give it a try, then it's a mistake. Yeah. The, the right? let's giving it a try is... Oh, yeah. That is my... Well, you never know. Yeah. Actually, I do know. I do know right now. But you, do don't you, Janelle, find that, you know, people might do that once or twice and then they, you know, sometimes... I agree to do an offer on that basis. Me too, one time. One time, yeah. Yeah, Because then you say, see? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right. 
Yeah. And if they continue to, I have, I fired a couple ones. Yeah. Yeah. Because, because they. You are not going to get this property That's if right. this is what we offer. Yeah. And, I, and I'm sorry. It's a lot of work. No. Yeah. And when, you know, if, and all those times you hear, well, let's just give it a try. No, we're not. We're not doing that. Mm-hmm. I remember you used to say to me something like, uh, I'm going to fax this one in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that means you're not getting it. Yeah. So it's we're pretty not, much a known. We're not going to mm-hmm. be able to present yeah. it. Yeah. I said fax. That gives away how old I oh am. Oh, my God. Well, it gives away how long we've been in the business. <laughs> yeah. No. So um, I still say that. Well, fa- this is a fax one you're going to fax him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay. Any other, th- any other thoughts on that? No, just uh, the only final thing I would say on buying is uh, to stay in touch with your agent between a firm deal and closing, just to stay in touch and um, check in, make sure everything is going tickety-boo and there are no surprises. You don't want any surprises on closing, and the only way to do that is to kind of stay in touch. Oh, and you need insurance, and don't wait till the last minute because then you're... For, to get all the answers to all those questions. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> how old is this and how yeah. old is that? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, good. Well, that about wraps it up today. I hope you got some good information, everyone, about buying property. And if you have any questions, always reach out. Mm-hmm. Always happy to answer any of them. And uh, that's it for now. We'll see or won't see you, but we'll talk to you next week. Talk soon. All right. Happy real estate. Happy real estate. We hope you've enjoyed the Toronto Real Estate Show with the Janelle Cameron team. But more importantly, we hope you feel better informed and enthusiastic about your real estate future. We know buying and selling can be stressful, so let us help. If you're looking for hands-on support in the greater Toronto area, the Janelle Cameron team from Remax Hallmark Realty is ready to assist. Visit JanelleCameron.com. That's J-E-N-E-L-L-E Cameron.com or dial 416-486-5588. Join us again next week as we deliver more content to help you reach your real estate dreams.